Ron, Looking for a good mechanic? It's almost like you have to interview each other and, um, you know, is it a good fit? And uh, that's a that's a big part of the puzzle. That's a big part of the puzzle. Right? The car doctor. Don't dig until the day. Uh, hello, car doctor. This is Charles, the guy from Detroit, Texas. I tried what you told me, and it worked on my 2002 Camry. Man, I tell you what, it's running like a charm. Welcome to the radio home of Ron and Anian, the car doctor. Since 1991, this is where car owners the world over turn to for their definitive opinion on automotive repair. If your mechanic's giving you a busy signal, pick up the phone and call in. The garage doors are open, but I am here to take your calls at 855-560-9900. And now, here's Ronnie. Hey, it's time to start your engines. Welcome aboard. Ron and Annie and the Car Doctor here at 855-560-9900. Here to take your calls and answer your questions. We're taking no prisoners today as we're looking forward to repairing your car, solving your problem, and getting you back on the road if you're down and off on the side. 855-560-9900. More information, of course, cardoctorshow.com, as well as the usual places for podcasting. You can find it via our website at cardoctorshow.com. Just click on the podcast page, and it'll send you over to Spreaker. Uh, where all the good things happen for those of you that take this show on podcast. Where do I start today? It goes back about three weeks, this story. Maybe it's a month now. Carpenter Bob blew up his truck. Well, he didn't blow it up, but the engine blew up. The engine failed. His four-liter uh, uh, single overhead, dual overhead cam, his sock, uh, single overhead cam, I'm sorry, single overhead cam, whew, rough day. Four-liter single overhead cam sock motor in a Ford Ranger, thank you, uh, decided that the right side, the right side chain jumped and... That's it. Bob needs a motor, 250,000 miles. You have to pull the motor to do the cassette, or it's easier anyway, and you're not just going to fix that. You're going to go through the whole thing. So Bob needs a motor. And subsequently, Bob's out there trying to decide what does he do. quarter million miles on this vehicle that's kind of banged up and beat up. It's a carpenter's work truck, and, uh, you know, there's some body damage here and there, a couple of oopses along the way and a few rut rows. And, uh, you know, maybe Bob needs a truck, so he's out there trying to find something. And he's been scouring the want ads and the cl- the classifieds and the Craigslists, and he's really working hard trying to find that vehicle that, you know, will help him along the way. He's just trying to get by. Found a 2001 Ford Ranger because the other prerequisite is since he has a 2003 Ranger, he's looking for another Ranger in that body style because he wants to transfer the cap from the old one to the new one. You know, not have to go out and buy a cap and a, and a setup because he's got a little bit of a nice setup there where you have the cap and the side doors and, you know, he can store tools and all that stuff in the cap. It's really well made and it's, it's, it's fitted for the vehicle. So he's looking for a, and he's also looking for it in red. So the, the requirements are we're trying to find a 15 year old vehicle, red, with low mileage, not a lot of money, that'll take the cap so it's the same body style as his current truck and um, it'll still work. So that being said, he found a 2001 Ford Ranger on Craigslist this Wednesday. And I tell you this story because I want to make you aware of what's going on out there in case you don't know. And it looked like a, it looked like a well, I looked at it and I said, Bob, it looks too good to be true. 2001 Ranger, 97,000 miles, automatic transmission, four-wheel drive, clean as a whistle. Original plastic still on the seats and the floor. Like, the vehicle's gorgeous. $1,500. Bob, there's something wrong with this ad. There's, there's got to be. I said, that's got to be, it can't be 15000 Like, there's a decimal point missing or something. Like, it can't be worth $1,500. It just, it just can't. 
So we, we read a little bit more, and he starts, he starts talking to the person. Now, here was the first clue, the first giveaway. He contacted the person that wrote the Craigslist ad via text. He didn't talk to the person directly because there was no direct contact allowed. And that person said, well, it's really my sister's truck. I'm just trying to help her sell it. She's in the Army. Why don't you talk to her direct? And he gave Bob her email. So Bob emails the sister who owns the truck, and the sister writes back. And, uh, you know, for no better way to say it, not trying to be politically correct or incorrect, um, the best I could say is the grammar was something kind of like pidgin English. Uh, it just it just didn't look right. I have this truck for you, maybe, and you like it a lot, yes. And, yeah, I, you know, listen, I'm no Rhodes Scholar when it comes to English, but uh, you know what? I can tell when something's off. So I read through the whole thing, and the, the story was that she was shipping out to Afghanistan in four weeks, and she was looking to make a quick deal and get rid of the truck and make sure that the person got it, you know, could use it. And it used to be her husband's who died a couple of months ago. So, gee, Bob, it just doesn't feel right, you know. But how do you say no? You know, it's it's like the perfect vehicle for him. It's red. It's we think it's the right body style. We could we could get the cap on there, and it's got low enough mileage. It's the exact truck he's looking for. Now, she was going to use, and this is the other part of the scam, she said she was going to use the eBay buyer's protection plan, which I'm saying, how do you use the eBay buyer's protection plan if you're not selling it on eBay? And I guess maybe there's a way. I'm not that knowledgeable on it, but I just thought that kind of, you know, that didn't smell right. One of the first things I did was I took the name Melissa Wilson, and I, I, I put it out on Facebook, and I searched. No Melissa Wilsons came up. And it kind of bothered me. I said, you know, Bob, if she's if she's going to do this on Craigslist, this is a Craigslist North Jersey truck, it's listed. If you're going to do this on Craigslist, then why wouldn't you be on Facebook? If you're using eBay, why wouldn't you be on Facebook? I mean, you're sort of, you know, computer savvy and technology capable. So we dug a little deeper and I said, try this. Let's see if we can find that truck on eBay. Maybe she sold it on eBay or was trying to sell it on eBay, and that's what... You know, she couldn't sell it, so she figures, let me sell it on Craigslist. I don't know. I'm looking for answers. Nothing. Didn't come up. And then it dawned on me. Let's go look at sold listings. Looked at sold listings, Ford Rangers, and lo and behold, the fourth listing was a red 2002, not a one, a red 2002 Ford Ranger. Same pictures. 97,773 miles, same identical pictures. And it had been sold four days ago in Philadelphia for $6,700. Wow. So the scam becomes, we dug a little deeper into it, and we realized the scam was going to be that Bob was going to say yes, he would take the truck, she was going to claim delivery, whoever this person is on the other end, and ask Bob for a deposit, something small. Oh, just give me 250 give me $300. And Bob would have sent in the $300, they would have sent the truck, and it either would have been obviously not the same truck because that truck was sold out of a Philadelphia used car dealer four days ago, or it was going to be a rambling wreck that didn't even resemble what we purchased or he purchased, or it wasn't even going to show up. We then looked at Craigslist and said, you know, who do we report this to? We wanted to report it to somebody. We thought, you know, what a, what, a, what a scummy thing to do, right? Look at the scumbags that are out there using the U.S. military as a backdrop, using a soldier that died as a backdrop, claiming, you know, tugging at your heartstrings. 
you know, and we looked at we looked at Craigslist, and down at the bottom of the of, of the one page, we found you know how to tell if you got a scam going on. They don't want to meet with you in person. They're using the grammar isn't correct. All right, if the deal sounds too good to be true, and I looked at Bobby and I said, and he went, yeah, you're right. So the point of this is, if you're buying a used vehicle online, go meet the person, go see the vehicle. Don't have it sent to you. Don't trust them. All right. There's just and after after some, you know, we talked to the, we talked to the police, we talked to somebody higher up in the government, and they said this kind of thing is is rampant now, and it's going on in a very big way. And the amount of scams and deceptions, they said they all they all told us you would not believe how much thievery is going on using the internet and duping people like this. So please, please, please be careful and be aware of duplicitous. Uh, you know, behavior. It, uh, it it could cost you money in the long run. It may not be a lot. It may be two, three hundred dollars, but in the end, it's all going to hurt. And you're not going to get what you want. Um, so just uh, just be just be mindful of that. Tom, you had a question or a, or a comment? No, no. I just wanted to let you know that Tony has a bridge here in New York to sell you, well, and, I, 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 and oh, it comes with a toll booth. John, it comes with a toll booth. <laughs> yeah, but you know, it'll probably lead to nowhere. Um, you know, where would it probably go? It would probably take me out to the it's middle. It's going to take you to the point of no return. Yeah, the point of no return. <laughs> but isn't that something, right? Look at the look at the deception that goes on there that, you know what, when you, when, when you, when you I guess when you spend your life in North Jersey, you got to get out and see the world because there are some real mean, nasty people out there and just, you know, using the U.S. military like that. That's the one that got me. Um, and I know actually, you know what, and I thought about it, maybe this is the way to communicate it. I know I've got some listeners in the military. I've heard from a few of you over the time. I'm thinking of one gentleman in military intelligence. If he's got anything to add to that, shoot me an email. You've got my email, brother. And uh, let me know your thoughts. I'll be glad to turn the information over to you. I would love to see that person get prosecuted. I'd love to see, you know, oh, yeah, sure, deliver the vehicle. When the vehicle shows up, figure out a way to how to backtrack it. But, you know, it's one person out of how many hundreds of thousands, and you're you're you're, you're shooting ducks out of a pond that's, 50 square miles big so it um it doesn't matter but just be aware buyer beware never never rang more true uh, when it comes to buying a used car but that's my used car purchase story of the week 855-560-9900 ron and in the car doctor back to open the garage doors right after this don't go away Car Doctor here at 855-560-9900, the Car Doctor's 24-7 phone number. Keep in mind, you can call that 855 number anytime, day or night. Leave a message. We are live on the air Saturday afternoons, 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern time. But you can call 855-560-9900. Leave a message. And if we're not here, Tom Ray will get you back to you and get you uh, get you in the queue for the next live broadcast. And don't be afraid. Come on. You know what? I'm, I'm easy. We'll just sit down and talk about cars and solve your problem. It's uh it's really not a big deal at all. Don't uh, don't be nervous being up on radio. Let's uh, kick the garage doors open. Let's go over and talk to Hope up in Boston and uh, some general questions about auto repair. Hope, welcome to the car doctor. How can I help? Thank you, Dr. Ron. Yes, sir. Fan. Yes, sir. Thank you. Yeah, I started listening to your show like a month ago, and, uh, and I've just fallen in love with it. So Thank you. I have a general question about repairs. Um, I'm a DIY guy. Okay. Uh, about a year ago, I stopped taking my car to the mechanic. 
<laughs> how come? So, uh, because I just got fed up of the pricing of, you know, all these things out there. You know? Right. And uh, I decided to get my own tools from Walmart, Harbor Freight, and all that stuff. Guess what? I've done the timing belt. I've done brakes. I've done everything. Cool. Biggest thing I did the timing belt and water pump. I'm like, oh my god, I can do this stuff. Yeah, and some and, of the uh, stuff, some of the stuff you can do. What, what, what your, what your? Did you say was this a Toyota Camry? Hope or? It was a Kia Rio. I have a Kia okay. Rio. Okay. Right now. Okay. Yeah. All right. So no wait, but um, you know, if I could do this, I mean, it takes you longer if you don't do this stuff on a regular basis. But you save eight hundred bucks. So well, my question to you today was, what repair manuals out there do you suggest for me to use, for somebody out there to use, like, uh, these old data, these Mitchell, these Chilton, these something like Identifix, I believe? Uh, well, what do you use? I, I use all of them. And you know what? I think it's a matter of budget. I think it's a matter of, you know, what's really, you know, what do they have geared towards the DIYer? Because you're a little bit different. You know, you're going to... You're going to go to all data, and I think for all data, for conversation's sake, it's it's. I'm going to guess and say it's thirty-five to forty dollars for the year. Right. For right. you know one car, and then if there's three cars in the family, I think you can add two more cars for under fifty bucks or sixty bucks, exactly. something like that. Um, right. You know, and then you're going to see, and you're going to see the exact same information that I'm going to see. All right. Oh. That's 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 the exact same stuff. That all data puts out to 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 me to professional mechanics, all right. Oh. Um, now, Mitchell does the same thing, all right. Uh, Mitchell, you know, will give information like that as well. So you got to go, you know, you got to price it. You got to see what fits what. Now, in terms of who do we like better, you know what? I like them yep. both. There are there are moments where you need both. Um, you know, they they do wiring diagrams differently, and there's times you need Mitchell's system wiring diagrams where you can get the whole picture. And there's times you need that OE wiring diagram that all that is going to give you because you're looking for specific ground locations and splice locations and things like that. So, you know, it's really hard to say which one is better. Um, I've had cases where I found wrong information in all that. I found wrong information in Mitchell. doesn't make them bad. It just shows you the amount of technology that they got to keep up with. Uh, you know, it's, it's really amazing they can be in the 98 percentile like they are in my mind. Right. All right. right. So I think it's Mitchell or all data. Um, Chilton, I don't think, you know, Chilton is still around, but I don't think they have the horsepower behind them, per se, in terms of research dollars to continually make improvements and updates to the system. I've, I've heard stories about their electronic system, that there is some sort of electronic uh, Chilton repair system. I've never seen it, um, right. which, which tells me, you know, it's, you know, where's their distribution if they can't reach a guy, you know, 20 miles outskirts of New York City? Uh, you know, then where's their marketing capability? And Identifix, Identifix is good. You know, there, there's a downside to Identifix, though. If you're not careful, Identifix will make you dumber, for lack of a better way to put it. Because if you're the kind of person that's going to, you know, you're looking for the silver bullet, and you'll log into Identifix and tell them, you know, 2012 Kia Rio uh, stalls on left turns, uh, you know, and they're going to tell you it's going to be the wheel bearing in the right front. And if you're just going to blindly change that wheel bearing and hope that it fixes it, you, you know, you're, you're never going to learn anything, and you're going to be that guy when, when that wheel bearing doesn't fix it. You've been trained not to think outside the box. Right. You know? Oh. One of the things about being a mechanic, and I don't care if you're a DIYer or a professional and you've been doing it for 40 years or you're a rookie starting out, 
you've got to think outside the box. And you, right. my experience has been that whenever I'm approaching a repair, somewhere in the back of my mind, and you can see it. If you could see the back of my head, you would see that like something's itching at it. I'm always right. going, if this doesn't fix it, where am I going next? And, and, and sometimes, depending upon the price and the cost of labor or the price of that part, I'm going to look to that next piece first, as silly as that sounds. Right. And once in a while, it it it, it sort of saves me. Um, you know, you know, it 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 gets me. I, I save a step because I've always got to question myself, even though I'm. You know, you're you're always sure. You've always got to be looking for the what if. Auto repair is auto repair is like quicksand. You know, it it really is, brother. I, I always think of that movie, The Replacements. Remember that? You ever see the movie, The Replacement, <laughs> with Keanu Reeves and Gene Hackman, and he says, you know, you know. You know, let's talk about our fears, and Keanu Reeves talks yeah. about quicksand, and, and, and nobody understands it. He says, because you make one move, and it's bad. You make another move, and it's bad. And you make a third move, and you're up to your neck. And that's kind of auto repair. Auto repair is, you know, you can get into trouble so fast. It it, 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 it makes, you know, 1.21 gigawatts at 88 miles an hour look like standing still. It's, <laughs> it's, it's just amazing. Yeah, you know, it's like, holy cow, really? That just happened? Um we had a uh, we had a 06 Honda Civic in the shop two weeks ago that had sheared the bolt off the tensioner for the serpentine belt, and Honda, in their infinite stupid wisdom, and that's what it was, took a steel stud and threaded it into the aluminum block into a casting. It wasn't a bracket or part of the block; it was right into the block. So when the stud sheared off, and evidently this happened quite a bit because we saw more than a few bulletins and some campaigns about it, when that stud sheared off, you now have to drill into the into that bolt in in a, in a pretty crummy spot, and you can't vary by more than a thirty second of an inch to the left or the right, or you're going to hit the block casting and then oblong the hole and affect and change the position of the tensioner. Um, I got it out. I welded a nut to the top of the stud and. You know, I ended up getting it out, but, you know, talk about getting into trouble. I mean, the opportunities, gee whiz, now i got to put an engine block in the car. Um, not good. Not good. Hope, sit there. Stay tight. Let me come back to you. I think you've got another question for me, and uh, let's let's finish that up, and then we'll move on to the next one. I'm Ron Anany and the Car Doctor. We're coming back right after this. Ron's number handy, 855-560-9900, for when you really need advice on your car. Here's Ron. Hope, are you still there? Hope? I'm still there. Yes, sir. Um, and then I, I guess my final thought would be for the DIYer, for the guy trying to maintain his old car, you're going to need a scan tool at some point, and it's probably too expensive to buy something new cutting edge because... You know, let's yep. face it, it gets to be, you know, it's two, $3,000 to get in the game, and then it's a $500, $1,000 update every year. So I would tell you, you know what, thank God for eBay. There's a bunch of, there's a bunch of good scan tools out there that are, you know, that, that you know, shops have outgrown, and, you know, they're going to work fine for a guy like you. And, okay. you know, it doesn't, it doesn't pay to have the latest, greatest technology. You're not going to get any return on investment. 
Um, keep, keep in mind that the majority of your emissions repairs are going to be repaired with an OBD2 scan tool. You're not going to need manufacturer year make model specific. Okay. All right. So you know, and and you can get a you can get a brand new OBD2 scan tool, something decent for under five hundred bucks. It's you know, it's it's how much do you really need? Um, so just be, hub of fright. You, you propose hub of fright or you know? No, listen. Uh, you know, harbor freight. I don't care what it is as long as it works. Um, exactly. You know, as as long as it works. I'm not I'm I'm not I'm not proudful, mindful, or, or or concerned any which way. I have issues with parts. I want to make sure you know um, somebody's using good quality parts. And I think in time, if you continue to do this, you're going to go through the experience of, you know, somewhere along the way that that cheaper part is going to come to mind, and you're going to use that and. You know, you're going to learn the lesson of the that lesser name cheap part, and I can't even say it's just a lesser name cheap part because I've had it with name brand parts too. But you know, parts are going to kill you. Uh, you're going to, you know, remember what I said about quicksand. You're going to be in the middle of it in the blink of an eye, and you're going to go, "What the heck's going on here?" And it's it's going to be part related or part specific because of, and uh, you know, there's 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 just nothing like a good quality part. There really isn't. It it eliminates a lot of the nonsense. In, in terms of trying to figure out, am I diagnosing against a bad new part, bad old part, or, or something in between? So um, just just something to be aware of. Appreciate it, Dr. Ron. All right, sir, if you need me, I'm here. And, um, you know, check out my YouTube channel. I haven't done any YouTube videos in a while, but I got a few of them up there, and they may help you. They're not you know, necessarily about Kia Rios, just some of the repairs we do in the shop and some of the things we found. And, uh, you know, but listen, I get it. You know, you know what? You give me a lot of confidence. You know, oh. um, you know, you talked about carburetors the other day, and you know, you call around all these shops, pet boys or whatever. No one knows this stuff. Man. No, no one knows. It's, like, it's, <laughs> you know what? You know what? But you know what's wrong, Hope? And let me just take a second here. So I have a friend, Tim, and I've talked about Tim. Tim works in the local Nissan dealer, and 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 Tim's like the automotive stud up there. You know, it's it's if you've got a Nissan issue, Tim's the master tech up there. He's the guy. He's the guru. Um, he's so much the guru that, you know, and the industry's changing. There's there's not a lot of late. There hasn't been a lot for Tim to do. He's He's been, you know, he's he, he's, the, he's the transmission overhaul guy. He's the engine overhaul guy, the engine swap guy, that kind of thing. Um, you know, and as Tim says, he goes, the cars generally don't break. He goes, if, if it's something catastrophic, then they see it. Other than that, you know, service is down. It's not what it used to be. Long story short, Tim is restoring or in the process of restoring for the boss a 63 split window Corvette, a wow. real a real small block Chevy, fuel injected split window vet. It's something like one of 400 made with these particular options. It's got you know it's got this radio and um, this steering system. It's a it's a real rare bird. So so you can imagine Tim's got a two two lifts in, in the shop and and on one lift he's got this frame that he restored everything, you know, every nut, bolt, washer, clip, pip, schmip, and everything in between, down to the nth detail, to the point where he's making crayon markings on the frame, the way the car came off the assembly line. Just perfect. It's just, it's like a work of art. It's, it's, it's ready for a museum. Right. You know, restored engine, you know, fresh fuel injection system sitting up on top that's all been dyno-tuned. You know, it was eight grand just for the fuel injection. The boss said, yeah, here's the car. Go ahead, get it. Do -da 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 -da. They got a quarter million dollars into this 63 Corvette. This thing is a work of art, and they don't even have the body on it yet, right? <laughs> so the point I'm making is the young kids are across the way from Tim in the, in the, in the oil change aisle, uh, yes. the, the Lube Express kids, all right? And every time I go up there, 
it it just reminds me of the cats and jammer kids, right? They're all sitting there on their cell phones looking at this, looking at that. They're goofing off. They're not. Yes. You know, and I said, Tim, how come? I mean, these guys are in their 20s. They're learning the business. When I was in my 20s, I dogged my boss from the moment I came in, and I came in early on my time, and I stayed late on my time. I dogged him every step of the way to the point that he threw me out. All right. How does this work? How does that work? What is this for? What is that for? Right. There's there's no interest anymore. And and you know what? I don't know if I don't know if I don't know if my industry is the cause of that. I don't know if the guys that are out there with 40 years experience are just too, you know, quote unquote, prideful to talk to the young kids like they think it's a waste of time. I'd talk to a young kid. I'd show a young kid what's going on. Because that that young kid is the next me, is the next kid that's going to yes. fix the next car. And that's what they don't understand. Um, you know, the reason kids don't know about carburetors? Because nobody ever sat down and explained it to them without burying them in a book and under all this technical information. You've got to make teaching fun. And that's part of what the car doctor is all about. So I just kind of brought it back full circle. Um, but, yeah, I get it. I get it, brother. Hey, listen, you hang in there. You need something. You email me, ron at cardoctorshow.com. And thanks for being part of the group. No problem. All right. You take good care. Um, yeah, hey, you know, they, listen, the guy's smart enough to read a book and then go put a timing belt on a Kia. He could be a mechanic. But like I always say, to be a mechanic today, you got to be smart enough to go and realize that if you can do this, you got to go do something else. It would just make life a whole lot easier. Let's, um, let me do a quick piece of email, and then we're going to – we got Ruth on the phone. You know, let's let's go to Ruth after the break. All right, let's – Ruth, I'm coming for you. Just give me, give me one second. Let me just knock off this. Ron, i got a 2012 – oh, this is about Ruth. Hey, like that. i got Ruth's email in front of me. Then I'm not going to read it. Let me pull over and get the pause done. When we come back, we're going to go to Ruth and talk to her about her 2012 Rap 4. I'm Ron Anani and the Car Doctor. We'll return right after this. Ron and the Car Doctor here at 855-560-9900. More information at cardoctorshow.com. Let's get over and talk to Ruth in Wilton, Maine. Ruth, welcome to the Car Doctor. How can I help? Well, I have a 2012 RAV4, Toyota RAV4. I have it serviced regularly at the dealership. It's got 86,000 miles. Okay. And I live out in the country out here in Maine. And my kids are a little bit antsy about maybe I should think about swapping. Um, never have had a bit of trouble with this with this vehicle. I love it. But at what point should I consider swapping? I think, you know, and, and we've got to sort of attack it from my perspective. My, my, my perspective on this is this. New car or old, you know, when we're talking about reliability, a new car gets a flat tire and leaves you stranded just as fast as an old one. And, you know, if we're talking in terms of the car breaking down, we've got to think about it from all perspective. It may not be a mechanical or, or electrical failure of the vehicle. It could be something as, as, as simple as just getting a flat. And how would you deal with it? And are you prepared to deal with it? Um, you know, living out, living out away from the city in the woods in Maine. So that's just something to ponder and be aware of. 
throwing money at it and saying, oh, let me just go buy a new car may or may not resolve it, and that's my point. So, you know, I think the first thing you have to do before you decide, do you get rid of this one? Because, you know, you, you find one that works. You know, cars are complicated. You found one that's that's been assembled right, that all the parts are working, that it hasn't, you know, left you stranded or given you any fits in the five or six years that you've owned it. It's, it is kind of hard to get rid of it, at least for the time being. It's it's young. It's It doesn't even have 90,000 miles on it yet. So the first question I would be asking myself and asking you is, have you gone to the dealer and sat in a new one? Well, I have, but, you know... It's it's like an old pair of sneakers. It's pretty comfortable. Yep. Um, I don't feel nervous driving it. Right. Uh, I I used to be in a job where I put on a lot of miles. I don't anymore. I can look out the window and say, "Oh, it's snowing. I'm going to stay home today." Right. And so, and like I said, never once have I had trouble with it. Right. Well, and that's. And, and that's 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 an okay barometer. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't count on that because electronics everything has a finite life. The the real question is the the overall reliability of the of the vehicle, and you know the pattern failure records of other 2012 Ravs fours is pretty good. It's a pretty good vehicle. It, it doesn't have a lot of, you know, things don't just blow up. I mean anything can happen, right? Lightning can strike anywhere, but it's 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 pretty rare when it does. It's not that common. So the other question becomes, are you still taking it to the dealer? Are they still doing the service? Yes. Do you like the dealer? Very much. You have faith in them? You have a relationship with them? Yes. I, you know, I, I'd probably stick my two cents in this pot and saying the most important thing here is that you're comfortable. You're the driver. And, you know, putting you in a new car doesn't guarantee you no problems. If I'm saying that correct, is that English? Um, yes, I think right? so. Right? It doesn't. It doesn't guarantee you not having a problem. You know, I always say, if new cars were so infallible, dealerships wouldn't have service departments, and I've never seen one without one. So, you know, there's always issues there. Uh, you know, I would, I would hang on to this if you're comfortable in it. If you've sat in a new car and you don't like anything about it. I think the best plan going forward would be to talk about, you know, what are you going to do if you get a flat tire and you're out in the middle of the woods? Do you have AAA? Does your cell phone work from the house, you know, anywhere along the route that you would take to get into in, into the city? Um, and if the answer to all that is yes and you get yourself AAA or some kind of roadside assistance, Ruth, you can get a flat in anything. doesn't matter the age. You know, nails and screws and sticks and rocks, no, no limit, and they don't care how old or young the vehicle is. And that's really the bottom line. Okay. All right. I uh, guess I'll keep it. Yeah. I, you know, not to deprive anybody of, and again, you know, I don't want to, uh, I get it. Your two sons want you to, you know, get a new vehicle. Um, but I also think, you know, it's it's a point of practicality. What makes you comfortable? At, at this point in the game, all right, what's going to make you comfortable? Now, a year from now, you may call me back and say, hey, Ron, I, I got rid of the RAV4. I just... I fell in love with this, whatever, this this new RAV4, this new Honda Pilot, this new Ford Escape, all right, it floats my boat, and that's okay. Um, but, you know, for now, just to take the pressure off, if you like this car and this car is mechanically sound, you're maintaining it, there's no reason to get rid of it based on mileage because, let me ask the question this way. If If two weeks from now you decide to keep this and two weeks from now the transmission failed and it was 
$4,000 to put a transmission in it. Would you put a transmission in it, Ruth? Yes. Okay. Then problem solved. All right. And, 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 that's, and that's really what it's all about. Um, you know, you've, you've made that mental commitment. There's a few things mechanics can't fix. Um, and one of them is the me- mechanics can't fix and a car can't fix what the vehicle owner is comfortable with or doing. And if you're comfortable with this car and you like the way that it operates, then this is the car for you for the time being. Just take some precautions. Should you get a flat, should the car leave you disabled, that you're not out in the cold, that you're not somewhere on a, on a dark road, uh, you know, that it's reasonable precautions. And, again, getting stuck doesn't know age or mileage on a car. There is no limit there. It can happen regardless. But, um, you know, just take some precautions, and I think everybody will be happier for it. Good luck to you, Ruth. And um, if your sons want to talk to me, you know where to find me, 855-560-9900. I hope I haven't created an argument in that family. I'm Ron Anany and The Car Doctor. I'll be back right after this. I gotta get in there. Ron will be back after his trip to the little mechanics room. Check us out on Facebook. Ron and Annie and the Car Doctor. Welcome back, Ron and Annie and the Car Doctor. Winding it down this hour. Let's go over to talk to Alan in Kansas. Alan, welcome aboard, sir. How can I help? Yes, I have a 2002 Ford Ranger, uh, three liter V6, 220,000 miles on it. Just broken in. Yeah, just broken in, brother. Uh, Keep going. Yep. Uh, About six months ago, it started acting up during moderate acceleration. It would cut out at 3,000 to 3,500. If you kept your foot in it long enough, pretty soon it would run on up to 5,000 and go through the gears and run perfect. And it just keeps getting worse. Doing it more often. We've checked it with the scanner tool, no codes, no stored codes. We've run fuel pressure tests, ignition, plugs, everything. Okay. But the only thing we haven't done is taken it to a local Ford dealer to put it on their live run machine. Well, any ideas? Yeah, let's. It's it's the the RPM range. Listen, normally I'm about show me what's right on a car like that, and that way you'll figure out what's wrong. So start to prove the things that are right that it can't be. But in this case, I'm going to jump the gun a little bit with that understanding between us that I am jumping the gun because you said 3,000 to 3,500 RPM. That is the textbook failure point, textbook failure point for this engine for a cam position synchronizer. Cam position synchronizer sits in the hole where the distributor would have been a million years ago, and it does just what its job implies. It is a cam synchronizer sensor that tells the computer where the cam is in relation to the crank so that it can make determinations for fuel and spark. And, you know, it's a synchronizer. It, it, it gives it engine performance information. All right? Um, what you can do is find the cam synchronizer and unplug it. See, see if the problem goes away. If the problem goes away, then we're going to talk about scoping the cam synchronizer. Chances are it's bad, but we'll scope it and test it just for the sake of testing something before we start throwing parts at it. And, you know, in that case, if it has to be replaced, there are some specific procedures that if you've ever, if you've ever, have you ever done any work like 
replace a distributor or anything, Alan. If that's the case, then if that's the case, then understand it's like setting up timing of a distributor. That cam synchronizer has to be synchronized. It has to be indexed to the engine. It's a very, it's not terrible, but it's a little bit of an elaborate procedure. You want to get it right the first time. Some special tools involved. Sometimes there's ways around it, but try unplugging the cam synchronizer. If the problem goes away, start looking at that hardcore, and I, uh, I would be willing to bet that's where your problem is, and if not, call me back next week. I'm Ron Anany in the Car Doctor. The mechanics aren't expensive. They're priceless.